Hi, everybody. I'm Mac. My pronouns are she, her. And I'm Britt. My pronouns are she, they. And welcome back to Sunday School. If you're joining us for the first time, this is a conversation, a community that's redefining pleasure, intimacy, connection, and the messiest yet most beautiful parts of life. And if you're returning, we're so glad to have you back. So before we get into it, as always, we'll start with a grounding moment. Go ahead and take a moment to slow down. Notice where your body is in contact with the floor or your seat. And go ahead and ground into that. Take a deep breath in through your nose, down into your belly, and out through your mouth. Two more, just like that, in, and out, in, and out. And take another moment to give yourself a squeeze, maybe with your arms physically, maybe just with your mind. And tell yourself that you love you today. Whenever you're ready, go ahead and come back to this space. And let's get into it. I love me so much. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe if I say it more, I'll believe it. (laughs) You're on the verge of greatness and collapse. How are you? (laughs) I feel like a dying star, but we're good. (laughs) Anyway, hey, everybody. Welcome back. (laughs) We are are (laughs) doing okay. Let's see some weekly updates. I'll go first. Yes, please. <laughs> well, it's been a while since we recorded, probably like a month. And then these episodes also come out like a couple of months after the fact. So sometimes, you know, our friends will listen to this and they'll be like, wait, I didn't know that was happening in your life. And I'm like, it's not. It happened like months ago. <laughs> you were there for it, remember? And they're like, oh, it's kind of confusing. But anyway, we're going to do some weekly updates and stop fucking around here because uh, we're here to do some deep in our work. We're gonna fuck shit up. Um, yeah, a lot has changed since the last time we recorded. I don't think I had met my new bae at that point. Because I have in our notes, our prep notes, hook up with Forerunner. So that <sighs> we prepped for this. Yeah. After the first time I hooked up with him. That's right. So here's here's the love life update. Everybody. Updates about the kinky bear who we may have started calling my lover, but we're going to just stick with Kinky Bear because as of right now, they are no longer my lover. Uh. But it's okay. You know, we we had been exploring like what a long distance dynamic could look like because we never really defined our relationship, you know? Mm-hmm. Like it was just kind of like, okay, we had a great time while I was in New York and now I'm leaving and I don't know when I'm going to come back, but let's stay in touch, you know? So we had like a more than platonic, but less than formal relationship. 
Mm-hmm. And we experimented with some kink dynamics as well. And I'm so grateful for them for just being there for me through so many hard things that I was going through uh, when I first moved to California. And, um, you know, we, we reached a point where I was just like, I think we just need to be friends for a while because I think I'm hurting you by not knowing what I want. And it seems like you want, if not something more, more from me, you want at least boundaries. And that's totally fair. Like boundaries are what keep us safe. And it's, I think that they were not feeling safe in our relationship and I still feel pretty guilty about it, but I'm really proud of myself for just being like, Hey, I need some space to like figure out what I want. And they were super supportive of me for that. You know, I was thinking about this the other day. Like I'm so, I'm just going to say I'm proud of myself for how much I've learned about communication and vulnerability Mm. over the past year because I just celebrated my anniversary of breaking up with my ex. I I really realized how far I'd come because I had a more vulnerable and hard conversation with my new bae here. And just for some context for everybody, I've been seeing this person for a couple months now. We met on a dating app and it was like when I'd first moved to San Diego and so I was like, let me just get out there and like, let me just see. And my first date was with him. And I remember being so surprised by how well it went. I mean, like, I think I called you and I was like, I think I'm ready to fall in love again. <laughs> like, this man has restored my faith and love and like relationships. Like, I'm pretty sure <laughs> this is a good thing. And I went through some phases where I was like, oh, I don't know. Like, I don't even know if I'm going to stay there here. He's my first date here. Like, shouldn't I experiment more shouldn't i be more queer shouldn't i go fuck a few more people and you know i (laughs) (laughs) i did go on a few a couple other dates here and they were fine but nothing really connected and recently we had a really lovely conversation about where we want this thing to go and he was always really clear what he was looking for and i was always really clear that i am on a little bit of a uh nebulous transition in all areas of my life. But recently, you know, a lot of things have changed. I've officially decided to find a place in San Diego. I'm like, you know, laying down new roots and new foundations because I'm ready for a new adventure. And we had a chat and we both were like, yeah, let's intentionally deepen this thing and let's intentionally focus up on each other and not date other people so that we can really explore what working towards a partnership in a relationship could look like. The way that we and he communicated in this conversation and throughout this entire relationship has been so amazing. (laughs) It's been really surprising to hear about. uh, Just like you've come to me with like, I think I need to have this conversation. And I think he brought it up like recently. (laughs) Like, hey, maybe we should check in on like how we're feeling. And I was like, whoa. And I said to him too, when we had the combo, I was like, I just want you to know that I really love having these conversations and I also have a really hard time bringing them up. And so just know that if I'm not bringing it up, it's not because I don't want to have them. It's because I want to vomit when I think about it sometimes. (laughs) So just want to name that and move forward. And um, he's amazing. He's great. 50 points to Gryffindor. Fifty points. Oh my gosh. What is he a Griffin? What what house would what house would? He has an um 
taken the Pottermore test, but he thinks he's a Hufflepuff. But I think there's a little Gryffindor in there too. I, I could see that. Um, yeah. I think it's about time we talk about what houses we're in. Yeah. And the people deserve to know. <laughs> okay. um, if, you, if you know me at all, listeners, I'm a Hufflepuff all the way. Like there's not there's not anything else in there. Yeah, yeah. Hufflepuffs are underrated, I will always say. Like, they people shit are. on them, but y'all are the best. I fuck with Hufflepuffs. I'm a Slytherin. <laughs> yeah, you are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, you know, when I first started dating my ex, we took the Pottermore test together, and he was like, what? You are a Slytherin? I was really drunk at the time, and I was like, listen, we're just misunderstood. We're just misunderstood. We're just ambitious and misunderstood. And I stand by that. Yeah, I think Slytherins get a bad rap, but I mean, they're they're not all bad guys. I'm I'm pretty sure in the story they are. <laughs> There's like not Snape. Okay, but everyone says this and let's talk about this because this is related okay. to Sunday school. This is really important. I <laughs> I understand that Snape did good things and ultimately he was working for the good guys, but the way he showed up in his relationship to Lily was low key, really like manipulative it was some nice guy shit it was like yeah she doesn't love me and it's like did you ever tell her that you loved her did you ever communicate openly did you ever sit down and say hey lily the way you're like showing up right now is like i feel xyz ways about it and james potter is actually kind of a bully no i think snape had a lot of trauma he needed to work through and he maybe didn't go about it the best way but like who knows maybe the like the the mental health uh, side of Hogwarts was really not that great. That's true. Yeah, like I ought to play devil's advocate towards myself now. <laughs> <laughs> it's like he was a man. Was it toxic masculinity? Mm. Was it the culture? Yeah. Maybe no one asked if like, hey, maybe Snape's like depressed and he needs to work through some shit. Yeah. But, you yeah. know, I will always say at the end of the day, we are responsible for our own feelings. We're responsible mm. for the way that we showed up. DM us if you have differing thoughts. This is a very important conversation. (laughs) Join us next week on Sunday School when we deep dive into Lord of the Rings. (laughs) Oh, my God. Speaking of, cutest thing. I read this uh, interview with Elijah Wood. And, you know, he was being interviewed. And they were like, you know, do you get annoyed that people always like – you're just known for being Frodo. And he was like, absolutely not that. He's like, now there's like a new generation of people experiencing these movies. And I just love, you know, being that for people. And then they asked him, I think a lot of people, there's like a theory that like Frodo and Sam were like gay or something. Mm-hmm. Or like they, they like shipped them together. Mm-hmm. And he was like, okay. He's like, if people identify with that, I think that could be really special. But he's like, how I perceived Sam and Frodo's relationship was Frodo's worst parts and like his weaknesses were Sam brought to the table like the strength that Frodo needed and vice versa and so he's like neither one could have done the task without the other and he's like that's how I always saw it and so it's another type of a relationship it didn't need to be romantic it was just the purest form of platonic <laughs> friendship shout a <laughs> Wow. Okay. Tangent. (laughs) Anyway. So those are my updates. (laughs) Other than that, um, I'm officially moving to California. Fuck yeah, shouting. (laughs) I love that for you. Thank you. Um, My updates. 
uh, I did go out. I did come visit you in San Diego. Yeah. And that was a grand old time. Yeah, it was super fun coming out there to visit you and getting to experience San Diego. I really fell in love with it in that short amount of time. And I and I want to move out there. Uh, this is what I want to do. I want to move out there and I want to be with you. And I think it's just the right time. I'm ready to move away from my hometown and just go see something else and experience something different. And being with you would just be like the best like bonus ever. She's a hometown girl. Moving <laughs> on. <laughs> That's, uh... She's moving on up. Did you I end up going on? Night. What? She waited to drop it on me. I did. I was like, it was kind of like drunken, like making out. And then he got whiskey dick. And so we just oh. kind of like made out and like actually had like a really nice time. I just, okay. I met him last night. It's <laughs> <laughs> a stranger? Not completely. Um, one of my roommates who I'm living with, he was out one night with his buddy at a bar and he, he like came back home to me and his wife and uh, he's like, I met this guy from Massachusetts and he just moved here and he didn't have any friends. And so we were getting ready to go out last night and he hit up this guy. I'm just going to call him Massachusetts. And he's like hey man come out and hang out with us like we're going out we're just gonna be at this bar come meet us and so he did and he was a really sweet guy he's very he was cute um and we just drunkenly started flirting and then he just ended up at home with me in my bed it was like it was kind of you know just exciting and i i haven't really hooked up with anybody yeah um and i was just like i i was really proud of myself because i was very stern and i was like when he when he got home, I was like, "Hey, you can sleep in my bed tonight, but like, I don't know if I want to have sex with you." He's like, "That's totally fine. I just want to make out." And I was like, "Yeah, okay." And then I was like, "Okay, yeah, like I could I could have sex." I was like, "But we gotta wear a condom because I'm not on birth control." I mean, I'd want to wear a condom regardless. I just met this person, uh, and so he did, and he was like, "Totally." But then he was like, "He's like, I kind of have whiskey dick right now." He's like, "I swear this this never happens. This never happens to me." I'm like, "It's it's okay. Like, shut up. It's fine." And, but then like one funny thing. Um, I was like, I do have toys. And he was like, we don't need toys. And I was like, <gasps> but yeah, we do because you have whiskey dick, my guy. And I was like, okay. <gasps> I was like, <laughs> but you know, we ended up just kind of like messing around. But then uh, this morning we just like woke up and laid in bed and just kind of got to know each other. It was really nice having good conversation and talking about past relationships and I told them I got out of a very toxic relationship and I was just like really enjoying being single and it, it since it was relevant I was like yeah and I just think maybe I we should I should let you know I'm not really looking to date anybody right now mm-hmm. and he was like yeah he's like yeah no I'm not in a good like headspace to really date anybody right now I don't have the, em- the emotional capacity to do that and I was like thank you for saying that because same here and so we're both like very in similar places and that was cool to, you know, that he was so willing to talk about that with a person he just met. And, uh, yeah, he told me I had movie star lips. <laughs> you do. You do. I do. I knew that already, you but, you know. Have, like, classic Hollywood beauty about you. Thank you. <laughs> that sounds so healthy. You know, you and I have talked a lot about how much we've enjoyed our single dumb over the past year. And I think we're kind of diverging paths currently where like you're still really enjoying being single and Mm -hmm. I'm starting to open myself up emotionally Mm -hmm. and getting ready to as I like to say play with emotional vulnerability yeah because I played a lot sexually as y'all have heard (laughs) 
over the past few months. (laughs) And, you know, I said to California Bay, as we were having our conversation about getting more serious with each other, he has said from the start, like, he's looking for a long-term partner and we've gotten more into it. And he's just shared how he, like, has really intentionally created space for himself in his life for partnership and for relationships. And I have so much respect for that. But sometimes I also hear people, when they talk about it, it sounds like such a linear path of like, oh yeah, I was kind of messed up for a while. And then like, I worked on healing myself and now I'm like really ready for a partnership. Right. And I'm like, I don't think, I'm sure it's not as linear as it sounds, but for me, I've never really felt one way or another. And I have said like, you know, I'm not really in a space where I'm looking for my person, but if I, but I was always in a space where like, if I found my person the next day, I wouldn't be opposed to it. And that's kind of what happened with California Bay is like I wasn't looking, but then he kind of came into my life and I was like, whoa, I really like this person and I could really see something with them. Yeah. But sometimes I feel like I make myself wrong for that because I'm like, what if I'm not ready? What if I haven't worked on myself Mm. enough? What if like I'm not doing this with enough intention or I'm like still too much of a mess and like I'm not self-aware enough to know and I end up hurting them? You know? You know, there's there's the work that you can do to on yourself by yourself. And then there's the work that you have to do on yourself in a relationship. Yeah. And like, so you spiraling and being like, you know, maybe I'm just still a mess. It's like, yeah, you are still a mess. <laughs> yeah, I am. Well, and another part of me too feels a little scared that like I've always dated people so mindlessly and I've just yeah. latched on to attention and latched on to whoever would like give me an ounce of care, even if it wasn't even actual care because they were there. And I really have worked to notice that pattern over the past year and really choose the people in my life intentionally. But there's, I think there's a part of me still that just like what if what if I'm falling back into the same patterns well and I feel like you do the same thing that like I do and I'm sure a lot of people do where we romanticize people Mm. like very quickly where it's like Mm. you know I have you have this wonderful date with this new person and and then I'm just like he's the one that's the one right there like I'm in love and it's like no and I I get close I get those blinders on where Mm. I'm like I don't need a date anymore I found this person and that's what I've always done in the past, just like mindlessly settling in with the first person to show me affection. Yeah. Something too that the woo-woo side of me likes to tell myself is that since I've started to put myself out there again over this past year, romantically, sexually, etc., I have a pretty good intuition when it comes to people. Even meeting people online. Like the few dates that I did go on over the summer, for the most part, they were great because I knew from talking to them online that they were going to be good people. Mm -hmm. And I maybe, you know, these insecurities and these anxieties that I'm experiencing right now are a signal for me or at least a challenge for me to really trust myself and trust that like I don't need to go out and have every crazy experience to know what's <laughs> right for me, you know? Yeah. I trust that I know people well enough and I know what feels good for me and it feels really good to be with him and yeah. to be in a relationship where I can really put my communication skills that I've built to the test and like really play with somebody in the realm of emotional vulnerability, which I say and it sounds fun, but I want to vomit all the time. (laughs) It's terrifying as hell. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and I, I will say on that too, like I made the conscious decision that like 
when uh massachusetts last night was like should i like are we are you guys dropping me off at home and i coming home with you i like really thought about it and i was like you know i'm kind of feeling curious to see how i will feel Mm. about a hookup with a new person like i knew it wasn't a love connection i still Mm -hmm. don't feel that way Mm -hmm. but i do think he's a fun person and so I'm glad that we were in similar spaces where I don't feel pressured. I'm like, oh, we hooked up. Like now the next time I see him, do I have to re- reject him? Mm-hmm. But no, like we kind of had that conversation just by learning about each other. And I love that, dude. Okay. Well, I feel pretty complete about weekly updates. Should we move into our combo of the day? Let's go to church. Today we're going to go to church on finding your people in a nutshell. Um, we're going to dive deep on some things here, uh, but this conversation was kind of inspired by an experience I had recently where I, I think if you guys remember uh, on the episode with our lovely bad bitch friend Phoenix, we went out for Halloween and I made out with uh, this devil girl on the dance floor And a few weeks later, she invited me to a queer party that she was hosting. And I was incredibly excited for that. I have really been wanting to find more queer friends here in Salt Lake. Um, So I go to this party and it just wasn't what I expected it to be. It was kind of a letdown of a night. It also was like a $200 night because my car ended up getting towed. And everybody was just like really young and I started to see that like I was invited there because the girl who I made out with who ended up being like 21, 22, like just really had a big crush on me and which was flattering. And so I had to have the conversation of like, look, I'm not really looking for that. I was just like really wanting to make some connections tonight and I'm not really looking to date anybody. And then she kind of handled it a little immaturely and... Mm. And then I've never heard from any of them again. And I found myself being like really, really hurt and disappointed that I wasn't able to, you know, find the community that I had been looking for for so long. Finding the community that I am really craving is freaking hard. And I think it's hard for a lot of people to mm. find that sense of community that's like really purely, you know, special. It's so rare. Mm -hmm. to find those people. I think our our friendship is incredibly rare. Yeah, we're going to dive a little deep on, you know, why it's so hard to do that. Yeah. Well, I also would like to invite you to say a little bit more about your car getting towed because I feel like that part of the night was such a fiasco that was really indicative Mm. of the kinds of people that were at that party. Yeah, it really did show some people's true colors. I did have some good conversation and I was like feeling really hopeful. And then the end of the night comes around and people are kind of trickling out, but there's still like a lot of people there. Mm -hmm. And this one couple goes to leave. And then like five minutes later, they come back in the door and they're like, uh, our our car got towed. Mm -hmm. And so a few other people go out and it was me, this other couple and one other guy Mm -hmm. Our the three of our cars got towed. But the frustrating part was The three of us go out. We realize our cars are gone. We walk back. Everyone from that party was gone. They left. Like they, they, it's like they learned there was an inconvenience. 
and they dipped quick. I was the only sober one. And the host, who's the only one with a car there now that everyone else is gone, um, she's drunk. And so I'm like, okay, well, I'm sober. Everyone pile in this girl's car and we're going to drive. And the towing place was like 15 minutes away. Mm. So I drive us all there and we all pay our money. We get our cars out. But this girl, she can't get herself home because she's drunk. And none of her friends did it. And so me, being the nice fucking person I am, I did it. I drove her home. I made that trip four times. I spent $200 and then probably like, what, $50 in gas. Because then I had to drive all the way, like I had to drive myself back home. And it was really frustrating that this inconvenience happened and all these people left. And I think that was really indicative of like the type of friends that they were. Yeah. It's like, are these really your friends that yeah. they just ditch you? They don't even ask if people need rides. Yeah. And so it was, uh, it sucked. Yeah. And I don't talk to them. <laughs> I mean, I remember hearing about this story for the first time and I was like, I can't believe people actually behave you like that. I think, <laughs> and we talk about this all the time too, how The way that people engage with each other in Utah Mm. is specifically is really weird. Like people don't know how to actually connect with each other. And it feels very the word that keeps coming to mind for me as you share about this story again is exploitative. Like it's like, oh, let me invite this girl to this party so I can hook up with her. And then this inconvenience happens and like you are nice enough to be part of solving the problem. So everyone kind of exploits that kindness and it really, really bothers me. Like there's something about the story that I think really bothers both of us. What comes up is I think this, expectation that I have on other queers to show up 150%. And let me clarify that a little bit more. Like (laughs) I have an incredible community in New York City and I have an incredible community of queer friends in New York City. And we talk a lot about what it really means to care for each other and what Mm. the concept of community care really means, especially after this two-year and continuing pandemic where we have seen the importance of community. And I think a lot of people like to throw around the concept of community care and showing up for each other and living it with joy and pleasure and play, but it's actually quite hard to put that into practice sometimes because sometimes people's cars get towed and you got to help them even if it's really inconvenient and like a fucking hassle and it's 2 a.m. and you're drunk. Like, you know, I think it really frustrates me, especially when marginalized communities don't show up for each other in the way that we're always kind of, you know, peacocking around that we know how to care for each other. And like at the end of the day, we're all human and we're all figuring it out. But still, I'm just like, come on, guys, do better. Like no one's going to do it for us. Yeah, like, We got to do it for each other. And like when we don't, then it's like, well, fuck. If I'm not cared for out here and I'm not cared for inside what's supposed to be my community, then where am I supposed to find care? 
Yeah. It, it just like it breaks down your trust for new people, you yeah. know, and it, it makes it even scarier to Put yourself go out there. to a party where you don't know anyone by yourself <sighs> looking to make friends. And it affected me so much because I wouldn't do that. I yeah. didn't do that. Yeah. I just met these fucking people and I went so out of my way to get this girl home. Yeah. When I could have just been like, no, peace. Like, my, I got my car. Bye. You guys figure it out. Yeah. I could have done that. So it just gave me like a really sour taste in my mouth. It's, yeah. It sucks. It's hard. I also think there's something in there about seeing that this is the way that these people treat each other, their quote unquote friends. Mm-hmm. And looking at, oh, shit, if this happened to me, is this how they would treat me? And if there is a bright side here, at least they're not your friends. At least you have better friends than that, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. But I do get the craving to be around other people who, you know, are of the same mind and same sexuality and same gender identity or at least know what it's like to live an experience where you are different than – the quote-unquote norm yeah especially in a place like utah that is so where the norm is so oppressive and so heavy and so present and um i feel that here in san diego too sometimes as i'm like you know in a new city where i don't know anybody well that's not true (laughs) in a new city where i know very few people and i don't have the same kind of roots here like i do in new york and I have said before on this podcast, like New York City was the first place that really felt like home. It's the yeah. first place that I understood what it felt to be comfortable where I live. And I don't feel uncomfortable here. I do sometimes feel like a fish out of water here <laughs> because <laughs> the culture is quite white and it's quite mono flavored, for lack yeah. of a better term. Um, like, the queer community here seems to be a very, you know, specific kind of queer and that's white and not like the kind of queer I'm used to in New York City where it's not just about who you have sex with or the genitals you have, but it's about queering, like we say all the time, our relationships and the way that we live life and like breaking the rules and being weird and like just creating a new way of living that really works for us. Yeah. And I'm sure there that is here to be found, but I haven't quite found it yet. And I'm still on my journey of like going out there, meeting new people. And like, I'm, I do feel very grateful that like I have the social skills and yeah. the, the, the capabilities of like socializing and like having fun with meeting new people. I actually really love it. I know it stresses some people out, but I'm like, you want to be friends? Let's get coffee. Do you know this person that you can introduce me to? Let's get coffee. You know, like, I'm very, very good at it um, because I've hustled that way before in New York. You know, I've done it before, but I am like scared that like, what if I just don't find it? Like, what if yeah. I don't find the community? What if I sign a lease here and I move here and I get really, really settled and I figure out that the community that I want is just like nowhere to be found here. But I, I will say like, it, it's just a different type of work. It, it's like dating. You just yeah. need to, yeah, yeah, if yeah. you are really determined to find a partner or find a community, like they are out there and they exist. I, I think it's really cool too that that we are both on the journey of like, 
knowing what we want out of people and our connections because we've learned so much about like what to accept and what not to accept with people. Yeah. And yeah, I think it shows a lot of self-growth in myself as well as yeah. you that we're not just accepting the bare minimum out of people anymore, mm-hmm. uh, both in dating, friendships, community. You need to show up for yourself and accept what you deserve and Mm -hmm. we all deserve to find a community that like really will genuinely hold us and show up for us Mm -hmm. and also sometimes if that community proves harder to find we both are practicing believing in our capacity to build the community that we crave ourselves. And I think Mm. that's what we've done in our friendship and Mm -hmm. in our friendship with Phoenix and some other relationships in our lives because, you know, speaking of what we really want out of people, Mm. I've been thinking a lot about what are my values and what are my non-negotiables for partners or just close intimate relationships in general. And one of them for me is like knowing that someone is – equally showing up for me in the way that I'm showing up for them and like is equally committed to building a partnership because I think if someone is showing up in that way then you can really like co-create something together whether that's a friendship or a community and when it comes to building the kinds of relationships and communities that you crave but maybe can't find so well I think that communicating that equal commitment to something that's important has been really important for me, if that mm-hmm. makes sense, because that way I can at least like create something really new and really special with people, you know, that maybe doesn't fit into a template of yeah. what friendships or communities are supposed to be. Um, and also my last thought here is not to do what I did and romanticize a new <laughs> group before you meet them. And I set my expectations too high for these people and they ended up letting me down because I had very high expectations. Yeah. Well, I mean, maybe, do you think that maybe you bought into the social script a little bit when you went into this party thinking like, oh, I met these new people and like, I have these ideas for how things should be based on like the stories I've made up and like those are where the expectations came from. Yeah. 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 Well, and and this happened like a long time ago, and I I think we like recorded it into an episode that we we didn't end up doing. Yeah, and I'm really glad that we're circling back to this because I've had a lot of time to process it. Yeah, and at first I wasn't as upset as I am now about it. Yeah. kind of, and I because I think I fed into the social script uh, and like the Utah social script mm-hmm. of these like genuinely disingenuine friendships Mm -hmm. that are like oh yeah we're a friend group we party together we have so much fun but like no one's really connected with anybody I think I said to you like oh yeah like I'll I'll be excited to hang out with these people again and looking back I'm like no I I was missing something that I'm not putting up with anymore yeah okay yeah. I yeah, so I think I I like fell back into old ways of like, oh yeah, this is how you connect with people by not really fully connecting with people. But I feel like I've just grown so much. It, you know, your and I's relationship has really opened my eyes to what real 
what it means to have someone really care and really hold you. Yeah. And now I'm just like, I can't accept less. Yeah. And I'm so proud of myself for acknowledging that and realizing that that's what I used to feed into. And now I just like, I won't accept that anymore. And what I'm seeing in this too is how finding your people is so much about getting really clear with yourself Mm. on what is important to you. Yeah. You have to know yourself to know the type of people you want to be around. Exactly. And when it goes beyond just community and friendships, I see a lot of people who really want like a partner. And sometimes I'm like, do you want a partner or do you want a person to like to, to actually build something with? But also, I think there is something in there in it being both. Like, Mm. maybe if I turn the mirror on myself and I think about how recently I've been really craving companionship and partnership because I really want to play with these new skills that I've worked so hard to build for myself and honestly in service of a relationship. And now I'm like entering into one and I'm like, wait, (laughs) wait, (laughs) they're not like this, you know, (laughs) but I also know that I went on a few other dates and I know, like I was saying before, I'm building trust in myself that like I have good judgment of people and that when I meet someone I like, that's all that's needed. It's like, I like you and I build something with you and it doesn't have to be more than that. Okay. So I just talked myself out of this little anxiety spiral. Thank you for (laughs) witnessing me in this. So my weekly update for you all this week is to... Weekly assignment, you said update. (laughs) (laughs) I'm still like nursing a bit of a hangover. (laughs) Kevin got fucked last night, but not really. (laughs) I got like medium soft dick fucked last night. (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) Uh, Okay. Um, So my assignment for you all this week is to sit down with yourself, um, pull out a journal or do do a voice note on your phone. Just free think. Why are you laughing at me? <laughs> it's just so clearly hungover. It's really showing. <laughs> I'm so glad none of you can see me right now. <laughs> I'm not even wearing pants. I just have a long <laughs> sweatshirt on. <laughs> okay, go ahead. <laughs> so my weekly assignment for you all is to sit down and think about what is really important to you when it comes to connecting with other people be that platonically with friends or romantically with a new partner what are some of the most important things to that you stay true to when finding a new community or a new partnership. All right. My weekly assignment this week is to take that inner work and bring it to the outside world. So Mm. it's a little bit of a challenge to put yourself out there. Ask one person for coffee. And this Mm. person can be maybe an acquaintance that you have been wanting to get to know better. Maybe it's a friend of a friend that 
you think their Instagram is really cool, but you've never really talked beyond saying hello at parties. Um, maybe it's an old friend who you haven't really gotten the chance to spend much time with recently. Or maybe it's somebody that you met on Tinder that you think is really cute. Like really anybody, just like put yourself out there in a way that feels a little scary and that lights you up and just ask for a coffee date. After you contemplate what's important to you (laughs) is important to you and then go put that into practice yeah yeah because you know I think we talk so much on this pod about doing the work and the inner work and healing but like we were saying in our weekly updates like all of that work is so that you can be in relationship with other people right like what is life without being in relationship with each other and the inner work is important and it's also really important to practice and to share it with other people and to build and to be open to what can be created in a relationship Mm -hmm. no expectations just play boom mic drop okay shouty (laughs) shouty 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 (laughs) okay right bye everybody we love you amen (laughs) woo Sunday School was created by me, Britt Pham, and me, Mac Harvey. Our theme music is composed and created by Caleb Spaulding. The music you hear during our grounding breath are crystal singing bowls composed and played by Jackie Cantwell. This episode was edited by Danielle Costa. You can find us on Instagram at sunday.school. School is spelled S-X-H-O-O-L. Did we miss anything? No, I don't think so. I feel complete. Me too. I feel complete. Mwah. <laughs> <laughs>